This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Yeah, that's a that's a bold move. I mean, we we've uh, gone above and, and beyond and found something that is phenomenal for Pat and and his family and and also for the Kansas City Chiefs. Pat was so so um, aware of of the surroundings, like he is on everything, of uh, making sure that. Uh, not only was his deal done, but but also uh, almost to a T was that that, that he wanted he wanted uh, the organization to have an opportunity to be able to bring in players, and and that's a in this day and age uh, that unselfishness is a is a tough thing uh, to find at times. So my hat goes off to him and, and his maturity in this whole thing. That's Andy Reid, but I'm laughing. It's like, heck, sign me up for the unselfish nature if you're about to give me 500 mil. That's what I'm saying. Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm a selfish as they everywhere. come. I'm a selfish as they come. I will sign up and be the most unselfish player yep. and teammate ever for 10 <laughs> years and 500 million. Uh, hey, <laughs> I hate to be that guy right now, but I, uh, it, it's on my mind and I'm going to say it. Okay, so. Family man, Patrick Mahomes, right? Andrew Reid said it. He's got a girlfriend. He's, yeah, exactly. He's had a long-time girlfriend. If you're the girlfriend right now, are you kind of hinting, like dropping some of those Pinterest things on Facebook saying, hey, let's go ahead and lock up this ring real uh, quick because yeah. Russell Wilson, you know, hey. If I'm girlfriend's dad, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm dropping yeah, Pinterest. to see the whole <laughs> Russell Wilson situation again, right? Russ Wilson had his long-time boo. All of a sudden, what's up, Sierra? And now Russell Wilson's rocking these leather jackets with the perm and everything. Completely changed his whole demeanor. <laughs> yeah, what was that? <laughs> I mean, what was that? Hey, you know what? He's, he's the highest-paid – well, he was the highest-paid quarterback. Props to him. I got nothing but love for, uh, for Russell Wilson. But you, you got to throw those hints out there right now, right, Brent? I think you would have to. If you're Brittany like Matthews I said, right now. I, I'm her parents, I am. Yeah. I'm just coming from my situation. It feels like the roles are reversed, and I'm like, you know, I'm the boyfriend, and my wife just made $500 million. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. My girlfriend did. I'm like, yeah. Okay. No, Going to need you to uh, come on. Uh, but, uh, the next Can minute. I borrow let's like 10000 <laughs> Yeah, well, that's Let's too. make this a really special day. Will yeah. you marry me? <laughs> exactly. Let's put the cherry on top, right? <laughs> One for the record books. Yeah. Uh, that. And, and and by the way, there might be a prenup involved anyway once that thing happens. You know, to each their own, Brent, to each their own. I always thought that was interesting. Like, how does that topic get broached? How does that conversation come into Yeah, the prenup conversational. Yeah, it's a rough one, right? I mean, fortunately, I was uh, making about twelve grand in Alexandria, Louisiana. That yeah. that conversation wasn't necessary. Yeah. Do you want to see how it works on air? We can call Nicole right now and I'll... <laughs> well, <laughs> Live, live pre- I mean, you want to talk about sports radio history? A live yes. prenup talk? That oh, is good. Oh, man. If we can't sponsor that, then we're never going to make it. <laughs> There's got to be some firm out there that specializes in divorces. That, oh, Coos, that's, that's the money segment right there. Don't even tell her you're going to call her. Just say, hey, just Coos, you've been looking blue. for an endorsement. There you go. There. <laughs> just convince Nicole of that. There we go. <laughs> uh, oh. Hey, by the way, how about this? Uh, Alabama offense coordinator Steve Sarkeesian recovering from a heart procedure. Uh, heart surgery last week. Expect hmm. to make a full recovery. You know, it's a, the first thing I think about that uh, is coaches in general. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. I guess uh, we we're guilty of this, right? We we peg people as well. Boy, gosh, I mean they're they're destined to have 
medical issues mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, based on their lifestyle. And you'd think coaches. But the the amazing thing about coaches for me, and, and by the way, there are plenty of them that, that have had issues, medical conditions, Absolutely. maybe even heart conditions and others. But my view of coaches are are totally different than that. My view of coaches are a lot of older coaches that Correct. coach for a long, long time. Yep. And uh, if they do pass, it's almost after they've got out, out of coaching mm-hmm. um, the or have issues. The the other view of it is I think coaches seem to be like in the best shape they've ever been in. You know, the, you, know you think about all this time and, and Doug Marone said this a few weeks back at the protest because I had said, hey, you're going to build time into your day now outside of the X's and O's. You guys are so football, 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 football. We got to get better. We got to get better. We got to figure out this team. We got to go win this game. But for these kind of discussions and and he brought up a good point. He's like, listen, we already make time in the day to go get exercise, to be with the family, to uh, go grab a bite to eat here or there. We've just got to refocus uh, some of that time maybe on on the Black Lives Matters conversations. Correct. But it goes back to the point where I think if you if my visualization of coaches, a lot of them are in very good shape. They seem to get their workouts in Mm -hmm. each and every day, whether it's five in the morning uh, or or eight at night. Tom Coughlin notably was always on the treadmill at like first thing I think. Oh, the coaches get after it now, right? You know, in terms of discipline and yeah, guys, whether they're running on the treadmill, whether it's Joe Cullen running outside every single day before practice, like. Coaches get it in for sure. Um, you know, but at the same time, like, listen, there's a couple of reasons why I never wanted or I never aspired to be, you know, an NFL coach or even a collegiate coach because I know just what that grind is. I've seen the behind the scenes. And, you know, in terms, especially in college, if you're on the road and everything, you're recruiting. I mean, sure, everyone wants to go to Fresh Market and get a nice hot meal, you know, and get the perfect amount of carbs and fats and everything. That's not how it works, man. When it's 11 o'clock at night, you're going house to house. You stop at McDonald's, stop at Burger King, get something fast and convenient. And even like when you're in the state, and everything like that, like your eating habits kind of get thrown off a little bit, and especially your sleep patterns. I mean, you want to talk about getting up at five o'clock in the morning, stay until you know the sun goes down. There's just there's a lot of time, there's a lot of dedication that's um that, that, you know that's obviously part of the, the game, but also just the stress, you know, the, the stressful environment. I mean, regardless of how calm, cool, and collected you are, I mean, you, you can be the most Phil Jackson, Zen Master type s coach there is out there. But when you talk about the game of football, the physicality, the masculinity, trying to get all these guys on the same page, it's a different breed, man. It's definitely a stressful environment. Yeah, and I, I can't imagine it's one of the most healthy jobs and That's overall. not healthy either. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, like it's a stressful uh, from the outside, mm-hmm. but most folks that are in that profession – really bring on the stress from the inside. They put a ton of pressure on themselves. I mean, sure. I know it's a little bit cliche. I put the pressure on myself. I, I get it. But they are competitive people. They want to succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are in survive and advance mode, and let me just make two and a half million for as long yeah. as I can make two and a half million. But some of them, they have to succeed. They're also going to get fired. Or, Usually. Well, not you know? only that, but still. See, my point to that, and I think a lot of people would say, hey, man, okay, you made, uh, you had a three-year contract. Say you're a coach. Make three-year contract. Say you're making two and a half million, mm-hmm. right? So you get seven and a half million dollars. Uh, over three years, and, and that's not even counting whatever else you made in your life and all this other stuff, which probably got paid pretty decent. Well, you get fired, say, two years in, and all of us say, well, go sit on a beach then for two and a half years and just, I mean, for a year and enjoy the two and a half million. You're still going to get paid. Yeah. My point is they're not wired that way. A lot of them are wired to be like, I failed. Like, I don't care what my bank account says. I failed. That's my last memory here as a coach or whatever. I got to go fix that, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's where a lot of the stress and the pressure uh, comes through. 
Speaking of stressful positions, I got to share the trash can story. Yeah. Uh, Here we the, go, man. Two two days setting this up. I, I can't know. wait. I know, it's not that good. Well, but, let me go uh, ahead and sit back and take this in. So a uh, stressful position is an umpire. Okay. Right? Got to be. Yeah. Like, Would you like to be an ump ref? No. Are you kidding me? Having to deal with parents in the back and then the kids are little brats and getting in my face? <laughs> There's no way. I'll, I'll lose. My, I'll lose my mind. No you way. Know, this, it's it's a it's a serious conversation about like a lot of sports, especially at the high school level. Mm-hmm. I think soccer's one of them. I think even football. Uh, and I, I believe the baseball and stuff because I did a story on umpires early in the pandemic, and I think they mentioned this too. There is a shortage. Of umpires. There's a <laughs> yeah. shortage of referees, officials for sports. I'm not just talking baseball, softball, uh, but all sports. And I think uh, if you would categorize uh, officials, umpires, uh, most of them would be on the older side. Uh, sure. You know, they're not 24 is my point. Yeah. You know, older than, say, 40. And, if I was and gonna, a lot of them maybe even in their 60s. Correct. If I was going to categorize, like, which one would be the worst for me, it's umpires, man, baseball. Because think about it. Like, you're behind the plate the entire time. There's nowhere to run. If you mess up a call, you're taking the heat from the fans, heat from the coaches, heat from the players. You can't run anywhere. And you're in, like, that three-foot yeah. circle. At least in football, it's like, all right, you screw up, Coach Elsie. All right, well, here goes the play again. i got to run down yeah, the field yeah, now. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, nah. In basketball, basketball, you give them a tech. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, exactly. You can't do that Dude, in baseball. Baseball is just like you're taking it. So we're oh. in Hoover, Alabama. Uh, <laughs> Ty's playing uh, the five-star team. Um, Home of the the Hoover. What was the? Yeah, uh, the MTV show. Yeah, I forgot uh, the other team Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 By the way, a uh, real quick side note on that. I'm really getting off track, but beautiful, unbelievable. Oh, uh, yeah. Campus. Yeah. Huge. The sport. It's not just football. Actually, the sports fields. They have a varsity and JV baseball field, mm-hmm. varsity JV softball field, varsity JV soccer field. Varsity Have you ever JV. heard of that? Never oh, heard I've it. never heard of varsity JV having different fields, to tell you the truth. And, and to be honest with you, I was underwhelmed by the football stadium. Now, the field is very, they got turf and new yeah. turf, but the stadium, since like the MTV show, sure. is now, what, 15 years old or, or something? That at least, that's probably even 20 years I old. I feel old now, thank you, Brent. But they've won like 11 state championships in football in, in this century. Yeah. I think I took a picture of that, put it on Twitter. But anyway, so that's where we were. Cool. And they've got a beautiful complex. Different yeah. story for different days. Why can't Jacksonville get one of these complexes to host all these tournaments? Right. Huge moneymaker. Yep. Uh, should make that happen, Jacksonville. But anyway, they've done this, and Hoover's become a hot spot. Fort mm-hmm. Myers for the travel ball scene is a big spot. Atlanta, huge scene up in East Cobb. And now Hoover, Alabama is one of those scenes. And nice uh, turf fields complex. So we're playing. And uh, this turn, this would have been in, uh, we got by pool play, would have been the quarterfinals. Okay. All right, we're into the final eight bracket. Played a team from Virginia. And got to be completely honest. A lot of most of the umpires are good. This guy wasn't having a great. Day. <laughs> this guy was having a tough start. Like first, second inning, it was like, oh boy, it was like like high pitches, curveballs dropping in at like the the chest and still called strikes. Yeah. Like the strike zone was odd. Yeah. And admittedly, as I put on my tweet, if you followed it, like we got. I thought we got a call or two. I sit behind home plate and video. Yeah. I was like, I thought we got a, the benefit that led to some other things okay. of a call or two. But at the same time, like, they got some calls, too. It just didn't lead to much. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. So I feel like we got a little bit of break here there. And then there was some complaining. I mean, there was complaining right from the rip from that side. <laughs> and I'll give our coaches and parents credit. In this instance, this team, they Classic. did not. They were not saying anything. Classic. They just kind of said, next pitch, go on. Yeah. Uh, maybe because we got a break or two. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> But this guy, these guys from Virginia, this coach was like an inning in. I mean, he was like in, not in a good place. No, it's a good start. All over this guy. Mm-hmm. 
And to the point, well, then what happens when you do that? Like the fans, the parents start noticing too. Even if they're not paying attention, oh, they, they pile noticing. on you, man. Pile yeah. on, right? And then the, the even the players are starting to not say anything, yeah. but you they're feeling all looks, they can looks hear a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Looking back at the oh, own, there's like, blood in the water, right? man. There's blood in the water. And Sharks are circling. Not saying anything to their credit, sure, but, but definitely looking back. And the the thing I always say, if you, if you follow local ba- baseball in general, if you are sitting on the first and third base side, you cannot really tell if it's inside or outside. You yeah. can tell if it's high or low, but you can't tell if it's inside or outside. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting right behind the plate, so I can. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't as bad inside and outside as they kind of thought he was. But now the high stuff was was not good. <laughs> it really wasn't. So uh, so anyway, the game goes, keeps going. I've, very few times do you see this. He took his entire team out of the game, based, not out, off the field. Yeah. I'm just saying mentally out of the game because they all they were concerned about was the ump. Oof. They were consumed with the ump. Yep. You know, and like to the point where a pitch would be right down the middle and oh, the kid would look back and be like, why is that a strike? Looking for a reason. I mean, come on, dude. It's right down the Let, middle in every country. The oh. That's called a strike. So rent free headspace. No doubt. So that's kind of the scene. Okay. You know, uh, third <laughs> inning, he gets a warning. The guy finally was like, enough. Mm. Gets a warning. Eh, sixth inning, seventh inning, they start chirping a little bit. But this time, we're up like 7 nothing. by the way. I mean, how much can it be crushing it. at 7 nothing? Yeah, crushing it. Hey, guess what? So your team sucks, all right? Maybe coach your players a little better. <laughs> they didn't suck. Yeah, but, I'm just kidding. But we just got Sorry, the better side. Yeah, my bad. That was we bad. got the better side of them. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the game uh, ends. Mm-hmm. And they're not happy, but you know, even a couple of the folks, hey, good game, all that what stuff. What was the score, yeah. by the way? 7 nothing. Not going to make that difference. Uh, s- seven runs, whatever. Probably okay. not. Yeah. Right. Um. So all of a sudden, I'm packing up my stuff, and we're getting out of there for the night, and I see, like, a kid come out of the dugout with a trash can. And I'm like, oh, I know what he's doing here. He's going to put the trash can on home plate because they're all mad. <laughs> well, so this is a kid now. We're talking 14, 15 years old. Yeah. And you hear, I'm like, I start getting my camera back out. I'm like, I'm getting this. this isn't Did good. you post this video or something? I posted the picture. Okay, I got you. I didn't get the video okay. back up and work. It takes a while to get the camera on. Sure. But, uh but anyway, so he takes like a few steps out, and you can hear the parents and some of the kids be like, dude, don't do that. Don't do, you know, yeah. kind of like, nah, don't do it. Some yeah. are kind of chuckling, unfortunately. Yeah. Some are actually getting their cameras out. Yeah, yep. getting those Snapchats but, ready. But like, I'm kind of watching all this happen. And so, okay, it's over. Kid starts walking back. It's like, okay, yeah. we collected ourselves. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, I turn my back. The head coach has the <laughs> trash can, and he's like three steps from home plate. The kid basically said, hey, no, this isn't a good idea. Yeah. But the coach said, no, it's a great idea. No, Johnny, we start, we finish around here. I'll finish it for you. Puts the trash can on home plate. Gleefully, by the way, smile on his face and walks and w- walks back. And like he actually like was encouraging the video and pictures of it in, in a way. Not like posing, yeah. but, but he didn't. How, how old was this coach, Brent? I would say, uh, I don't know, maybe mid to late 40s. Not even like a super young guy, really. Yeah, like maybe yeah. that's what you think. Thanks for no better. Yeah. It was unbelievable, man. I couldn't believe he did that. Now, this time, the, ump, the fields are clear. The ump's like in a golf cart along the way, yeah, you know, yeah. down the road. And uh, everybody's competitive. See, what a lot of people can't believe wow. that. A lot of people are like, I can't believe this is like youth baseball, blah, 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 blah. If you've ever been around it and you're too, you're not around it yet. Yeah. 
Like when your kids are – the bottom line is it does get competitive at times. Like you can really feel it amp yeah. up. Like I, I even said to one of the, the folks there, I was like, you can feel the energy level on, on Wednesday afternoon when the bracket play begins. Okay, okay. And then even on Thursday when it's like the semifinals, yeah. it just amps up. Why? It's not as much for the trophy, I don't think. Yeah. I think it's like people like to win. For sure. You well, know, it doesn't matter if you're playing tiddlywinks, yeah. Monopoly, baseball, basketball. Listen, people I like to win. I understand, man, the, the, those tournament brackets and everything. I mean, you're talking to the guy whose stepdad had to get thrown out of the hockey rink a couple times <laughs> because it got a little too intense. And keep in mind, this is hockey. You're on the ice. It's a loud game, okay? But, hey, w- w- when you serve beer at ice rinks, you're asking for trouble. <laughs> all right? That's a, great sport. That's a great sport of hockey for you, though. <laughs> so I I kind of, um, I, I understand there's a crowd out there, like the, the self-righteous crowd, and they're mm-hmm. probably right. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're not in that arena all the time, like you understand a certain level of it, especially what age, depends on the age group. Like I think a lot of it's overblown. Yeah. Uh, but I do think if we ask ourselves this, if we're being honest, like have we all had bad moments at the ball field to a degree? Yeah, probably. Right. Yeah. I mean, probably. Yeah. Some have had a lot worse than others. Sure. Um, and quite frankly, I have this big belief that the little league dad syndrome is is really the moms are ten times worse. That's my own personal <laughs> belief. But sounds like a documentary for Netflix. Um, but this was like, I hadn't seen this, man. We've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. And I played for a long time. Yeah. I had not seen that. And, and by the way, this is a pretty big tournament. Mm-hmm. This is a big tournament and, uh, and like a lot of eyeballs out there. Oof. And the connections in baseball and the travel ball world are, I not don't think this look. sat too well. Not a good with, look. With the folks in charge. Yeah. Um, but it was a bad look, man. I, I never seen it. He walked the trash can out and put it on <laughs> home plate. And I had some reaction. People thought it was funny, but it's really not funny. I mean, you know, well, it's, it's, it's a when story you take it to from tell. A kid, I mean, how does it make you look, though? It's you awful. Know? Like, I would be Come really appalled. I would hope that some of the folks, this guy's from Virginia, and I would hope some of their parents and stuff would kind of, on the drive back, realize that yeah. something needs to be said and done or whatever, yeah. and some kind of reprimand. I'm not saying he should never coach again or whatever, but let's just hope that he learned. But you can't do that. That's unbelievable. I mean, man. that's straight out of, like, minor leagues. Like, a tantrum from the... Now, if you did the professional ranks, yeah. it would be totally different. Yeah. I'm not saying it would be right, but, but it would be different. But you can't do it in It's straight out of, like, the baseball. Bad News Bears, man. It's straight out of, like, a movie. They, they taken the, Like, the kid had the decency to think, you know what? Not the best idea. Let's go. And you know what? And I probably could get on YouTube and Snapchat and get all these views. But you know what? I'm mature. I'm take the trash can back. And the coach says, no, I got you. Don't worry about it. Insane. It's unbelievable. Did you ever give it uh, ump any kind of, you know, grief or anything like that when you played? Oh, God, yeah. No, no, but it. I'm saying when you, when you were a player. Like, did you oh, have like, yeah. 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 Uh, well, I got ejected once. And I wasn't hey, even playing. Don't, you, I, <laughs> I mean, was on the you, bench. You can't just say that and then I tell the story real quick. Uh, quick story. Uh, we were. It's still one of the best things I've ever seen from a kid pitching in okay. college. We're up uh, at uh, Finley University, okay. northeast, northwestern Ohio. And it's a big game for some reason. I can't remember the actual like standing stuff. But it's obviously a big conference game, yep. big game at the time. And I'm not playing this game. Okay. So it must be my senior year because I played most every game my junior year. And... So I'm, you know, I, I kind of like into the game and like everybody else, yeah. but we're getting late in the game. It's, it's a pretty tight game. And we have a freshman pitcher who had an unbelievable year yeah. and he, he loses control and is getting squeezed by the, um, I mean, no doubt, like yeah. stuff that looks pretty good. It's like, my gosh, will you call something a strike? <laughs> For sure. You know, walks the bases loaded and I'm pretty sure it's like a tie game uh, or we're up by one or something. Cause yeah. this was like the end of it and then goes three Oh on the next batter. 
right? Mm. And er- I mean, you can just like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to walk. He's never throwing a strike in this game again. Yeah. It was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. This kid is a freshman in a big spot, came back, strike, 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 right? Gets wow. him out. Andrew Niederst is his name. Yeah. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to remember now, we're chirping. We're in college. We're not happy with the umpire. Yeah. I come firing out of that dugout. And I've had to, like, meet Andrew Niederus, like, right about the baseline. But that's not after I said something ahead, to the young. Man. Oh, yeah, we're he was like, get out of here. I got thrown out of a game I wasn't even playing. Did you get in trouble for it or not? I mean, is that pretty common in No, it's, I don't think it's common. Baseball, in fact, but... I probably had to sit the next game, but I was probably already sitting. Okay, I got you. So you're all good there. Hey, man. Because no, I do remember in. watching the next game, I think it was from the outside. Like, yeah. I couldn't be in the dugout. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it was kind of a. It was almost funny because yeah. was. I wasn't even playing. Yeah. But that's how intense the game was. That's awesome. And man. Uh, uh, that's the only I, time I, I had a couple of little. I mean, you always argue calls and see, stuff as a player. I, I, I was never like that. And keep in mind, I only played up until like my sophomore year of high school. But all I remember is like I had like this panted move, like where if it was a bad call and I strike out, like I kind of just walk back a little bit and I turn my head and just kind of glare at him. Shake my head and then keep walking. Like, I don't say anything. I just kind of look back a little bit and then keep going on my on my, my journey back to the dugout. <laughs> that was it. And then I get the dugout. And I'm throwing bats and stuff like that, you know. But yeah, I'm flexing too. They, they they deal with a lot, man. Yeah. And you just can't be. Then you do have the umps that are they hear everything. Yeah. And you just can't. It's a tough thing to do. Yeah. I think it's tough not to hear everything, but you can't get involved in that. You're gone. Yeah. The, the best controlled umps are the ones that just don't say much for sure and, and just kind of carry on everybody's gonna make a bad call too but uh yeah i got one ejection under my belt that's man. awesome man that's, um, put that your resume for sure of it. yeah put that your resume. actually i got two eject or i got a technical foul in the aba too that's right because the camp <laughs> by the way I, I, how did like the team respond to that were they just kind of laugh or they kind of i mean that, was it a close game time, no it wasn't a close okay, game good. All right, but i don't that. think they were that happy at first i think everybody was kind of like what the heck's going on yeah 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 but i wore a gopro because <laughs> no no it wasn't uh when i did it i started that game so oh, I got that wow. technical to like I think start the game because I started with the GoPro. Sure, zero zero by the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty I mean, sure that was a UNF arena. I think it was right at the outset of the game. That set the tempo very so well. So I don't for think the they team. were happy. That's why I they bet. weren't happy. <laughs> I can't believe they called a technical foul. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, you just said, take the damn thing off. Like. <laughs> Why are you call technical foul? Come on, man. Help me out, please. Like, I'm thinking this is like, hey, it's I'm 13th man. We're I'm some like fun. bad TV guy that I'm just going to come play ball. Do it easy up. Like the ref couldn't just go, hey, man, by the way, if you wear that, you know, technical foul. No, no man. Sexy technical up. foul. Yeah. Look, look, look at some kind of bit or something. And no, it's not a bit. No one's laughing at you on that team. <laughs> they didn't like that. Craziness. Um, well, I didn't think we'd go a whole segment on the trash can story, but we got there. It was worth it, man. I like it. Never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like it. Leading our and nation's And by the way, I, th- I still think we got a lot more to see over the next few years oh, in high school baseball and, and more ball to come. You just keep those stories coming. I'm, I'm all for listening about those. Youth sports. That could be a topic for a different day. Yep. Shout out to all the hockey parents but out there, too, I, man. I always say I'm, I'm to the point now where I'm like, I'm not doing that show until Ty and Kaylee are done. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Because yeah. I'm going to say something I shouldn't say. But... The youth show is coming. You know how, like, the documentary on 2017, Saxonville, is coming in 2035? Of course. Of course. Well, the youth show is coming in, like, 2029. You've seen it. <laughs> You've seen it, and you're ready to live through I can't wait, man. If ESPN 690 is still alive. Yeah, just put it on Netflix. Uh, we'll have it. <laughs> Everything's out coming there. Up. You know what? It, it, it could be a little joint thing. It could be my college softball cult thing along with your youth sports thing. Kind of a joint documentary. Very good. Now we're talking. Investors? By that, possible by that time, I'm <laughs> 
might be agreeing with you. <laughs> we'll see how Kelly pans out, yeah. Uh, hey, when we come back, uh, Deshaun Jackson, should he be suspended? Uh, what else uh, went into that? And, and why players have a responsibility during all of this conversation? That's next on ESPN 690. I think he's the only one you can make a similar case to Patrick Mahomes for it. To me, uh, even though I think Lamar Jackson is incredibly effective in, in controlling his body, in avoiding big hits, in getting out of bounds, really on tape, he's he's phenomenal. It's one of his best skills that nobody talks about. Um, I, I just think when you have a running quarterback, he is going to take more hits inherently than a quarterback who doesn't run quite as frequently. So, uh, to me, I, I think, given the resume, given, like you said, what they built around him, I think it makes sense to have at least be on the table, but I think it's just tough to sit here and guarantee 10 years just about anybody. I think Patrick Mahomes might be the only exception uh, to that rule. That's Bill Barnwell talking about uh, Patrick Mahomes. Who could be next? We talked about this a little bit yesterday. We did. Uh, there are a lot of uh, good players, but it's hard to predict right now 10 years, $500 million for anybody else uh, right now in the NFL. And, and, and one of the big stories about Patrick Mahomes, we wonder – I think it's a fair curiosity is how long has he set the bar for, you know, and not just I don't really care uh, transcending the other sports contracts. Baseball, who knows? Maybe you get this next guy coming up and it's a six hundred million dollar deal because it's baseball money instead of football money. But in the sport of football, especially at the quarterback position, how long has he set the bar at the QB now that there's a separation of almost ten million dollars between Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes? I think that's going to be the, the, the interesting one to watch. And. You know, we disagree a little bit on this from yesterday, but I, I think there's a. My belief is there will be, there is a cap. There's somewhere a cap uh, of how, how high that thing can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, I believe there is. I mean, we'll find out if there is uh, at some point. Or uh, Patrick Mahomes certainly set uh, that bar. Different kind of story in the NFL. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. As we welcome you back, uh, final segment here, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Sorry it took so long to get to this. I, I had a, an umpire story to share instead. It was uh, worth it. But Deshaun Jackson got himself in trouble with an Instagram post. Uh, and, boy, I feel like I have to explain a lot of these things lately, uh, yeah. you know, that, that are going on. Never stop. And, and I can't assume that you saw it, uh, but uh, he... He apologized since, said he has no hatred toward the Jewish community, uh, issued apology uh, after posting on social media Monday an anti-Semitic message that he attributed to Adolf Hitler and admiration for Nation of Islam leader uh, Louis Farrakhan. Mm-hmm. So the Eagles have since come out and really, well, they, in their own words, said they're appalled. They said offensive, offensive. Harmful and absolutely appalling. Which it was. And said the team would take appropriate action, in quotes. Team owner Jeffrey Lurie and general manager Howie Roseman are both Jewish. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So let's walk this story back a a, a little bit to begin with. Mm -hmm. This is when, in my opinion, now you can tell me if I'm reading it wrong, okay? Go ahead. But this is where ignorance can be a problem. And this isn't just a Deshaun Jackson thing. This is an all of us thing. Mm-hmm. And especially during these times, we'll talk about pandemic, Black Lives Matter, where's Washington Redskins name? Something we have to be very careful here on, on our show when we're talking about these very serious, uh, important, deep 
issues in context. Mm-hmm. And, and admittedly, we have to be careful of this. And it's one of the reasons uh, I think we often say we steer away from politics. Listen, I don't I don't follow politics all the time. I'm not going to sit here and talk about politics. I, I don't follow it to, to that point. Yep. Um, I, I don't consider myself an expert on the politics. Not say I'm an expert on everything sports, but I certainly follow it more closely, read up on it more, and, and try to be at least a little more intelligent on it uh, that, than I would politics. And so we fall into this trap of, hey, you better know what you're saying or have a little bit of knowledge about stuff that you might not even know. you got to go back. I mean, how many times in the last few months have we gone and looked something up to say, hey, I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about? Or look something up uh, from the civil rights movement of the 60s. I can't tell you how many times I've done that in the, just to be more educated in the last uh, couple of months mm-hmm. as we continue to talk about these things. I think I go back to Chris Conley, the Jags wide receiver, who, who also said during that eloquent speech, but after when we talked to the media and talked to his teammates and we kind of overheard this, said, hey, we need to educate ourselves more on these topics. Yeah. We can't assume that we know everything just because we're black. So I I appreciate that, but I think we're all guilty that we're, we can't all be experts on all these issues. We didn't live through all these issues. We all don't deal with some of these issues. And so I walk it back to the point of you have to be very careful what you say if you really don't know. And I think we all fall in that trap sometimes. Deshaun Jackson found himself in it. And, and I don't know if I'm letting him off the hook here. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying to me this r- s- smells of that. This smells of somebody uh, of something that he really was ignorant on the issue, didn't really know exactly what he was tweeting, saying, Instagramming and puts it out there. Uh, whether and do I believe that he actually means that feels that way? Well, you bring those things to light when you act in an ignorant way. Here's some of my issues with it. And when I saw the story this afternoon, I was definitely gutted. And disappointed because we've been talking about this for a while now, Brent. This whole movement, this whole change, it feels different. People are putting their work on in the streets. They're protesting. Players are rallying around each other. The NFL is getting behind those players. This whole movement, it seems different. And whether you're black, you're white, you're Jewish, no matter what you are, we need everybody on the team. Because, yes, it is Black Lives Matter, but it's the battle between right and wrong. So you need everybody on the team. And when... A guy like Deshaun Jackson comes out and tries to, quote-unquote, educate people and absolutely slams an entire, you know, race of people. And, and I'm not going to repeat what he said because you can go look it up for yourself. But it's horrible, okay? It's, it's not a very cool thing that Deshaun Jackson said. When you try to educate people but you don't do your own homework and you just throw out these horrible quotes out there like that, you're part of the problem. Right right now, the other side, the side that, you know, is against Black Lives Matter, the side that, and I'm not trying to get political, I'm just saying the other side, they're looking for reasons to point a finger and say, well, look what he said, look what he said. They're trying to split everybody apart. And when Deshaun Jackson does this type of stuff, that's exactly, it gives them the ammunition to do that. Okay, so that's why I'm so disappointed and I'm so upset. I'm also disappointed because... Listen, I'm not sure how many Jewish NFL players there are in the NFL, and, and it, it really doesn't matter to my point here. 
My point is that when Drew Brees said his stuff, he got put on blast. Now, I'm not asking every ego player to go out on Twitter and say, well, he shouldn't have said that. He shouldn't have said that. All I'm saying is I hope and I pray that these conversations are taking place behind closed doors. Because I don't see him on Twitter right now. I don't see anybody calling out Deshaun Jackson for what he said. Plenty of players call it Drew Brees for what he said, okay? And at the end of the day, once again, it's not a black or white issue. It's a right or wrong issue. And right now, calling out a whole Jewish community and slandering them after, and spoiler alert, you don't have to be a history major to know that the Jewish people have gone through their own trials and tribulations. So when you call them out and when you bring them down and slam them, you should be held accountable. And I pray that his teammates in that locker room are holding Deshaun Jackson accountable. Yeah, I don't know if these situations uh, should should garner comparisons, but I think your point on Drew Brees is interesting. Yeah, That thing went, whoa. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, listen, he's leading the headlines here. He's trending. Mm-hmm. But you're right about fellow players and teammates not as strong, at least publicly, as people were to quickly cancel uh, Drew Brees. Yeah. Now, he could follow Drew Brees in this sense where, yeah, you can say your apology. You can you can admit mistake. You can have a statement, you know, which he might on a Zoom call with his team or whatever else, yeah. uh, with Roseman, with Lurie. But then you have to act. And Drew Brees, if you look at what's transpired in the last few weeks, he's also made several actions, you mm-hmm. know, and and admitted need more education and listening and all these other things. We'll see if Deshaun Jackson does that, too. And actually, the Eagles encouraged him to do that. This isn't just going to be a simple, hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. What else are you going to do to live that I'm sorry? The big question, you just mentioned the word accountability should there be some? Will there yeah. be some? I, I I don't know how I feel about what can you do? I mean, isn't he facing some sort of uh, embarrassment, punishment anyway? Should there be more? It is the worst accountability right now. I feel like the what he's facing right now, the punishment of just the outside world. And I'm sure the conversation stemming from his teammate that are about to transpire. Those are great consequences. OK, and I just want to make one thing clear. I'm not. Le- I was never looking when Drew Brees said his stuff. I was never looking for a Brandon Cook. I'm sorry, uh, for Michael Thomas, uh, for Emmanuel Sanders to come out on Twitter and say, I can't believe he did this. I was looking for Malcolm Jenkins to go on this long rant, you know, and use some profanity to get his point across. I was just hope. I was hoping once again. I wasn't looking for, but I was hoping that those conversations took place in the locker room at least, right? Because that's where the progress is made. Yeah, sure. We had all these tweets and everything, and these players spoke out. Um, you know, past and former players. Uh, you know, and current players as well. But like, I think the change came from Drew Brees with those private conversations in the locker room. So I hope that's what's going to happen with Deshaun Jackson. The consequences, right? What should become of Deshaun Jackson now? What needs to happen going forward? Just signed a three-year contract with the Eagles. Exactly. Second stint with the Eagles. Exactly. You know, and and once again, it's in the eye of the beholder, right? Because I can sit here and say, well, you know what? Riley Cooper, a couple years ago, actually more than a couple years ago, Riley Cooper from the Philadelphia Eagles at a country concert, drunk, belligerent, screaming the N-word, okay? And to be fair... I don't think he was suspended any games. I don't think he was suspended any money. But you know what? You know what his punishment was? He had to go face his black teammates and say, I'm sorry. And this is why I said it. To me, that's punishment enough. I think right now... We're in the league much longer after that, too. Very true. I think where Deshaun Jackson's at right now, and to be fair, Brent, those comments probably didn't help. You know, if he was a free agent, probably didn't help him get another job, right? And maybe it's the same could be said for Deshaun Jackson now, where if he leaves the Eagles, 
maybe another team will be hesitant to bring him back on um, as a wide receiver. We'll see. But I'm thinking right now, with those conversations you're about to have, especially, hey, with your management, who is Jewish, you know, the owner, and I think the GM as well, Yes, that's going to be punishment enough, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it is. I, yeah. I, I don't see them doing much more. Yeah. Uh, than that, uh, we will we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see what happens with Deshaun Watt. Uh, excuse me, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, hopefully, I mistakenly didn't say Deshaun Watson along the way here. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson, uh, Eagles wide receiver, um, coming under fire uh, earlier today. Uh, as as well. Brett Martineau, Austin Lane, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. And uh, you know these conversations, but it, it brings you up from the last few months to what's actually going to transpire on the football field. The conversations in a locker room in the NFL mm-hmm. might be as deep as they've ever been. Who are you telling? And, and I do think this is a big part of it. I think this is on coaches. I think it's on all coaches, not just the head coach team captains and leadership because these are powerful conversations these are deep conversations on a lot of different levels uh heck last few years i think we've had pretty deep and and sometimes headbutting conversations on political views mm-hmm. well this is even beyond that now these are social views from movements to uh controversial statements like this from deshaun jackson to even how people feel about the pandemic and playing so this is going to be one of the most unique locker room settings, not just in the NFL, across Major League Baseball, NBA, everywhere else. Uh, but I do think you get, because you have 53 guys, and it feels like from so many different backgrounds and beliefs in the NFL, it feels different than Major League Baseball, to, even to me, mm-hmm. and, and a lot different than the NBA, I think because of the size of the rosters. Uh, it's going to be very unique and challenging, I think, for all I, I try to get the sunshine and rainbow side of this. I don't think it will be a problem necessarily. You don't have to look at this as being a problem just because you're having deep conversations. Mm-hmm. I just think it'll be very unique. It'll be totally different. It's different than the locker room you played in. I know you guys yeah. had some conversations. Sure. But well, I'm not we're sure. We're also you quoting to... Batman movies and like yeah, we're quoting a bunch of just pointless stuff and as well. And it's a great point. Like I don't I'm not I'm not trying to say you didn't have the depth of conversations that some of these might take place. Maybe yeah. you did. We did and a little bit, but did. not to this extent though. But I also think it will be important at some point to have like some some moments of levity in yeah. locker rooms to break up that. Like I think we all need that at times, right? I mean, oh. we, we hopefully have been able to provide a little bit of that. I know we've had to discuss some of these issues, but even on our show, we try to bring a little bit of that to the sports side. Forget all that other stuff for a little bit. Sure. Well, I think the locker room might need a little bit at that times. And again, I, I wonder if coaches, uh, team leaders. Others are planning those kind of events to almost work it into the week. You have to be to. like, hey, let's go watch Dumb and Dumber, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, listen, and, and I've said this a couple times on this show, but this up and coming football season, this is going to showcase what head coaches are made of. This this is going to be the ultimate addition for the head coaches of each NFL team because you mentioned it, Brent. It's it's about the culture, right? And it's about listen. There's a there's different types of philosophies in the NFL, and there's different types of head coaches. Some head coaches are great at defense. Some head coaches uh, call the plays. Some head coaches are just primarily for the quarterback. 
there's different types of head coaches. But the head coach's main job, and I don't care what team you're on, is to make sure that you know those 53 guys in that locker room or those 90 guys in training camp are all on the same page, are all believing in the same thing, and that's to try to win a Super Bowl. Okay, That's the goal at the end of the day. And I think with everything going on right now, with obviously opinions varying on COVID-19, obviously maybe some opinions still varying on Black Lives Matter, all these different things happening right now, and keep in mind, it's also an election year, so get ready for some of that as well. All these things happening right now, it's the coach's job to make sure that his guys are in line and ready to roll. And I think this is going to be the year, pending that there is going to be football, where we're going to see the guys who can escalate, who can take their teams to the upper echelon, regardless of who's playing, regardless of who has COVID-19, regardless of all these crazy outside influences. This is the opportunity to see what coaches are really made of, and I'm excited for them. Well, I, I also think, and, and that brings up the challenges of the Jags, right? <laughs> Potentially what happens with the preseason. But, see, this is a little bit of a taboo thought sometimes, especially in the NFL or in professional sports, that chemistry matters. Mm-hmm. See, and, and I think chemistry you can overrate a little bit, but you can't tell me it doesn't matter. These seasons are usually too long. Like. I'm convinced the year the Red Sox finally won the World Series, like their chemistry, you could like sense it. You didn't have to be in the locker room. You could see it. You could sense it. Does that happen every time somebody wins? I'm not sure. You know, looking back at the last dance, was their chemistry always great? Maybe not. Maybe yeah. they were just great. Yeah. So, again, I do think it can be overrated. But I do wonder this year if that is a big part of it. Your successes on the baseball diamond in a 60-game season where you have to win and win quick, win right away. You can't feel this thing out. The NBA, where we're already into the playoffs, where you got to try to figure some of this stuff out, stuff that didn't exist before you left. And the NFL, where you got to get on board in a hurry. You didn't have the time of the spring, and you're taking all these different uh, young men mm-hmm. and putting them together on a team. Chemistry might be a huge part of success in 2020 on a, on a team. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's the only thing in my opinion right now. And, yeah. and it's what I'm preaching day in and day out on those Zoom meetings if I'm Doug Marone, because keep in mind right now, Brent, the Jacksonville Jaguars, youngest team on paper. History shows when you have that, you don't win a lot of games. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the past couple years, have had problems in the locker room regarding culture. Now, maybe some of those problems that have caused that are gone, but still, history remains. So obviously that's a red flag right there. The Jacksonville Jaguars trying to implement a new offense, possibly put in a new defense. Oh, and by the way, they haven't even been in the same locker room together yet. So there's a lot of things that are counting against the Jaguars right now. The one thing that they could have going for themselves when the season finally starts is the chemistry. MLS is back tomorrow. Major League Soccer. Let's get it. Will you watch it? I mean, I watched like two hours of the Eagles on ESPN, so I'll watch anything at this point. <laughs> but you it know? kind of is in that bucket. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in the Eagles bucket. Fulham won today, by the way, if you want to know that. Nice. I'm up on it. There you go. Uh, and all the talk, uh, we didn't get to USC. We'll get to it. No, it's all good. I understand where, well, where, we, where we range. I mean, are they, they fighting tomorrow? <laughs> no, they're not fighting tomorrow. They're fighting on Saturday. At least we got plenty of every show. We got <laughs> plenty of time to talk about the UFC. You don't think I want to get to UFC. I'm in the promo. You are the promo. Do you know that? You're actually you're in the back. I didn't know. Yeah. Shared that. Yeah, you're all over the place. I was all over that shot. And where am I? Pouting in the background, sitting down. This is what I signed up for. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about UFC tomorrow. <laughs> a big one coming up. Yeah. Fight Island. Uh, hope you have a good rest of the night. We'll see you on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30. And thanks for hanging with us here on ESPN 690.